0: I put this bridge back up um, because I wanted us to look at it real quick um, while we continue our worship through our giving. Um, The song says, Every blessing he pours out will turn back to praise. And a lot of times that is, we see that as when God gives us good stuff, we're supposed to say thank you. Um, But this bridge, it really does boil down the essence of this life that we're called to live. It says, you give and take away, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say. So not when he gives, but also when he takes away, we make a conscious choice to bless the name of the Lord. And that's what he calls us to, because we're supposed to bless him in good times and in bad times when we understand and when we don't, when we can see the blessing that he has given us and when we can't. And it is a daily choice. That is why he gave us free will. He didn't give us free will so we can live in sin for a while and have all the fun we want and then come back to him. The purpose of free will as God designed it was for us to choose a relationship with him. He wanted it to be our choice. He didn't want a bunch of robots. He'd already made the angels. And they didn't have a choice for the most part. There was one that decided his pride was bigger than God but anyway and then a few followed him but he wanted us to make that choice daily to follow him to bless his name to thank him for everything you know often we pray thank you God for everything you've done for us and we don't normally mean everything we don't normally mean thank you for that flat tire we don't thank you for my car running hot right we're usually not blessing the name of the Lord when those things happen we're usually person somebody's name when stuff like that happens but I mean this this honestly it sums up this life we're called to that no matter what happens I will choose to say my God is God and I love him no matter what because he loved me first okay okay so this morning we are in uh, the blank I carry series. We had a little object lesson in the topic that we're going to talk about this morning, um, courtesy of me. Today, um, the thing that I carry, the blank that I carry, that was turned in is anger. Now, it was given with a couple of other words, and anger leads to those other words, and we'll talk about those as well, not today. Today, I wanted to focus specifically on the anger Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 31 begins, be angry and do not sin. Okay? So the Bible tells us that being angry in and of itself is not sinful. Okay? Because you can be angry and not sin. It doesn't say do not be angry because it's a sin. It says be angry and do not sin so God understands that we're we are passionate people okay he appreciates the fact that we are passionate people about the things that we love about the things that we don't um, because we're very vocal about the things that we do not like right Uh, if you don't believe me then just look at any form of communication during a political season and you will see people who are very passionate from both sides about the things they do not like so much to the point that I've seen it said over and over and over again for this year I don't like either choice Uh, this is not me saying it, it's what I've seen I don't like either choice but one is less evil than the other woe to a country that has to choose between evils and I'll leave that there because I don't want to risk our IRS standing okay so (laughs) I don't know who turned this in I couldn't recognize the handwriting and even if I did I wouldn't tell you who it was Um, But I got a question. And this question doesn't just apply to the person who turned it in, um, but to most of us, because all of us deal with anger. There's not a single person in this room who has never been angry in life. And if you say you have never been angry, then you're a liar, and you know where liars go. So, um (laughs) is your anger a case of, in the moment or is it always bubbling and simmering just below the surface because we can live life in, in both of those ways there can be moments where our anger can come upon us or there is a lifestyle that some of us choose to live where all it takes is the flip of a switch um, and we resemble Bruce Banner uh, you know, in, in in the Marvel movies the Avengers They ask Bruce Banner how it is that he controls the Hulk, and he says, well, the secret is I'm always angry. And we know people like this. We know people who are always angry. Nothing ever seems to make them happy except to be angry. So my question is, why are you so angry? It's a good question, right? And I don't mean in the moment, but I mean in general. If you live your life this way, and if you do, the fruit of that is shown. People know that's the angry person, right? We all know the angry person. If you don't know the angry person, here's a clue. You're it. Okay? So if there's not an angry person in your life, look inside. In order to stop carrying your anger, you must get to the root of it. Okay? Now, For most of us, if I ask you, why are you so angry? Our initial answer starts with, well, they or he or she or it made me angry or makes me angry. Just like we can choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord, we can choose to be angry or choose not to be. Now, I said we had an object lesson yesterday, and uh, I will be the first to admit This is also one of the things I struggle with. Not as much as I used to. Um, My anger management issues are almost completely behind me. um, But I still struggle. Um, But if you knew me in the fourth grade, you would say I am very calm and probably rarely ever get angry. uh, Because by the time I was in the fourth grade, my anger management issues had gotten to the point that I was actually expelled from school because of how angry I got over the littlest things. So the things that make you angry, everybody has their pet peeves, right? Everybody knows those little things that set me off, and some of us have quite a few of those. And some of us have a list of those that is so long, it would probably fill this whole room. That, to me, says that you live an angry life. There is something deeper somewhere that it's not each of those individual things that you consider your pet peeves that make you angry, but I would say to you that you live an angry life. And so then that begs the question, well, how does that work out for us? What is it that you wanted that you didn't get that caused you to be angry? Was it respect? Was it attention? What was it that you didn't get that made you angry and then you responded with anger and tell me how did that work out for you did you get the respect that you wanted or did you get fear did you force someone to make you happy simply by getting angry you know when we get angry in that way it is sinful I'm just I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush about it and yesterday I was sinful we had an issue with a company here in the town of Beaufort where they had promised to deliver something by 10 o'clock, and then they waited until 9.15 to tell me that they would be unable to deliver it. And I was not in Beaufort. I was somewhere else. Uh, and they, they sent me an email. They didn't bother to call me even though they had my phone number. Um, and in, the, in a moment of anger, I lashed out at them. I called them. Um, I didn't use any bad words, um, but I did, in essence, attack their company's customer service, and I did not represent Jesus well. Now, I would love to say I did that on purpose because sometimes I do things as an object lesson on purpose uh, in front of members of the church so that I can talk about them the next day. Uh, But yesterday it was just a moment of weakness. It was a moment that I let myself be overcome um, by my disappointment in the fact that they had not been able to fulfill their promise, but also in the fact that they had waited so long in order to tell me so that I could make other arrangements. And I justified it in my mind because they made me angry. There it is again. that, That initial response is, it's not my fault I'm angry. It's your fault. It's not my fault is a common theme. Uh, it goes all the way back to the very beginning when God asked Adam, why did you sin? And he goes, she made me. That, that, that woman you gave me, she did it. And we're quick, both, we're quick as men to blame the women God gave us for the reason that we did something we shouldn't have. I just wanted to stick that in there. That's a little uh, side trail. We'll talk about that one sometime in the future. So if we have to get to the root of the problem, then we have to see, is it people that we get angry at? or Are there certain people that we're always angry at? Are there people that are quicker to make us angry? Or are there situations that, that we live in daily life that are more likely to make us angry? James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 say, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That one hurts. Because I wasn't slow in my speech. I wasn't slow to react. I was very quick to become angry and to berate the individual over the phone. Now I will say that when presented with this problem, I blew up. But after I calmed down, I decided that when I came back into town, I would take care of it and that would give me the opportunity to apologize to this person face-to-face. God had other plans, and so other people had to apologize for me. I'm not proud of that. And I even tried to defend it a little bit yesterday when someone called me out on it. But in a way, I had already decided it was okay to be mad because I was going to fix it not thinking about the fact that not only am I not promised tomorrow, I'm not promised my next breath, so that person's last impression of me representing Jesus because she could see what I had asked her to print, and it talks all about Jesus, could have been very bad. And in that moment of anger, I didn't stop to think that that might be the last impression she ever gets of Jesus. And it would have come from me. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I feel sure that after I was angry with her, she probably had a bad day for a while. Because anybody here get yelled at, and somebody get angry at you and yell at you, and you feel happy-go-lucky about it? that you just turn the other cheek and smile and say, well, thank you so much and go about your day? No. No, because in our flesh, what is our response to anger? It's anger. It's defensiveness instantly. Walls go up, implements of battle come out, I'm ready to slug it out with you. That's not the feeling that we as followers of Christ are supposed to engender in other people and so I will have to go back and find this lady and apologize to her I'm not proud of it I don't want to but I know I'm supposed to and just like I decided well I can go and apologize later or she gave me really crappy service so it was okay we excuse our anger sometimes well I'm just tired or I'm hungry or I'm hormonal Proverbs chapter 25 says it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with an angry woman. Sometimes we excuse it by saying we're frustrated, like how I just glossed right over that, or flustered, or we blame the stress of life for the fact that we have allowed our emotions to be our master. James chapter 4, verse 1 says, Your passions are at war within you. Every day, your emotions are fight for who will get to rule you that day. And if you do not allow Jesus to be the master of your emotions, then they will be your master. See, sinful anger says, I am more important than you. And Jesus says that you should be counted as the least of these. Sinful anger says, I must be heard. What I have to say is so important that you need to get it. And instead of saying things, Jesus tells us we should be asking, How can I serve you? Not you need to hear me. How can I serve? You? And then when people make us angry, what what do we do? We don't get them back, right? Boy, I'm gonna bust your teeth in, I'm gonna knock your socks off. Whatever phrase you like to use, you're not going to slight me and get away with it, right? You've made me angry. I'm justified. I'm Jesus flipping tables in the temple because that's righteous anger, right? You've attacked me. So I have a right to be angry. I have a right to be offended by what you did to me. That's in our flesh and that's in our culture. But vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21 begin, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So in that moment, in that instant when our temper is no longer under control, when it has controlled us instead of us controlling it, God says the answer is to love them, to serve them, to give them, And that's contrary to everything we've ever been taught growing up. It's contrary to everything that's within the fiber of our being. It says instead of taking, instead of taking their dignity or taking them down a notch, we do that too. I take them down off their pedestal, off their high horse, we should be giving to them. And giving to them out of a place. Anger says my feelings are more important than my Savior. As I discussed earlier, Jesus got angry and flipped the tables in the temple. If you're not familiar with that story, just let me kind of go into it. Jesus walks into the temple one day, and there are people who are selling things in the courtyard of the temple. And it's not so much that they are selling things because sacrifices are sold in the courtyard of the temple so that people can go and offer their sin offerings and their peace offerings. But what Jesus sees is that the money changers, because people are coming from many different countries, are cheating people in the house of God. And so from a place of righteousness, Jesus saw sin in the house of worship and he confronted it. He became angry and yet he still did not. A lot of times we'll use this instance in scripture to justify the fact that we've been angry because in our own righteousness, all we're doing is flipping tables. We're chasing out the money changers. Well, but Jesus did it. We'll hear it over and over and over again for people who defend their own behavior. Well, Jesus drank wine. Well, Jesus got angry in the temple. Well, Jesus did this. Jesus did that. So it must be okay. Jesus was God. And Jesus wasn't mastered by his emotions. He was the ultimate form of servant. That's not a life that we are capable of. Luke 17, verses 3 and 4 say, Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must, you must forgive him. That's an imperative. That's a command from God himself that says, You have to forgive people. In other words, you are not allowed to stay angry at them. Now, forgiveness you'll hear the the saying that says forgiveness is not forgetting sometimes it requires forgetting because you can't live a life with holding the past in your heart because it's very quick to come back and cause you to be angry again and then you bring it back up, well you this last time well you that the other time you always, you never And that gives you another self-righteousness sense about yourself that it's okay to be angry when instead you should be forgiven. So then that that leads to the question, how do we stop carrying this anger? Well, first, we need to see it for what it is, okay? For the most part, we do not have righteous anger. For the most part, we have selfish, sinful anger, okay? Now, when we see... um, people that are forced into slavery and that makes us angry that is righteous anger okay? or um, people who are forced into prostitution uh, people who um, are severely been done an injustice you can be righteously angry at the situation but even in that if you turn your anger towards the people who have caused it it can become sinful and we have to be careful and understand that with all things Well, let's just read it Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says do not be deceived God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also you get what you give you reap what you sow so if you sow into a situation with anger you're going to get it back And for those of us who are parents who have angry children and we don't understand why, that's why. When we see them and they don't seem to be able to control themselves or their emotions, it's because that's what we've taught them. That's what we've sowed into their lives, and so that's what we will reap out of their life. And so if you can't do this for yourself, remember... That disobedience is punished to the third and fourth generation. And blessings flow to a thousand generations. Make that choice for your kids. And kick anger out of your house. Because Proverbs 131 says, Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and they will, fill, they will have fill of their own devices. You will be returned anger for anger. And for every direction in which you send it, it will come back. Now, does that mean that my children are perfect? Does that mean your children are perfect? Does that mean that we won't be disappointed in some of the choices that they make? Or that we won't need to correct them? No, it doesn't mean that. That is your role as parent, to correct your children you are to do it from wisdom. You are to do it from a place of love. If your children make you angry and you instantly respond with punishment in that anger, then you teach them that it is okay to lash out at people. And so when they become angry with you, then they are going to lash out at you. And you begin a vicious cycle, anger for anger. And you will see the word of God is true for what you feed them. Jeremiah seventeen ten says I the Lord search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his deeds. So in that moment of anger maybe we should stop and think God's testing my mind right now and he's going to give me what I'm given. He's going to give me back this fruit that my life is producing and maybe we'll take a different view of our righteousness and anger. Does that mean you have to be a doormat? You just have to let people walk all over you and run over you? Maybe. That's hard. Maybe. Our instant reaction is no, of course not. I'm not going to let somebody walk all over me. What you have to come to is a place that understands that strength isn't always clashing with people. It isn't always having to have your opinion or your version or your words and you can win an argument without ever arguing simply by showing love and giving to people when they have been nasty to you the Bible says it's almost like heaping hot coals on their head so in a way God's actually appealing to our vanity a little bit and he's like look you get to win but you have to win As followers of Jesus, our first instinct to something that causes us to be angry should not be anger. If anyone had a right to be angry at what people had done to them, it would be Jesus himself. As a matter of fact, Jesus had done absolutely nothing wrong. He had come, he had taught the word of God, he had brought people into the kingdom of God. And for that, they beat him to a pulp. They nailed him to a tree. And with all the power and all the authority of God himself placed in the body of Christ, he didn't reach out to smite them. He didn't smack them around. He didn't even make them stop. He said, God, forgive them. He gave them love. He gave himself completely for what they had done to him. For what we had done to him. Anger is a state of unforgiveness in our heart. Matthew 5, 23 says, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer. The Bible says you have to forgive. And it even says when someone you know has something against you. When they're angry at you, it's your job to go and make it right. To go and seek forgiveness, to go and give forgiveness. Because if you don't, not even your prayers. And if you don't, then what you're saying is that I'm better than Jesus because he did forgive. Unforgiveness is an act of rejecting, rejection, rebellion against the teachings. And if you are living in open rebellion to God. I was reminded while studying for this lesson uh, of the prophet Hosea. And if you're not familiar with it, it's in the Old Testament, the book of Hosea. And we see both a picture of how God forgives and pursues us, but also how he expects us to pursue and forgive others. Hosea was a prophet of God, and he was given the word of God to warn the children of Israel that they had prostituted themselves to foreign gods they had turned away from the worship of one true God and given themselves over to demon worship idol worship and so he sends the word through Hosea that he wants the children of Israel to turn back to him he wants them to return to the relationship that he has designed for them as his special people And to illustrate this, God tells the prophet Hosea to take a wife from the harlotry of worship of other gods. Basically, God tells this preacher, you go marry this prostitute and bring her to your house and make her your wife. And he does it. So this preacher and his prostitute wife, they're married and they're happy for a little while and then she begins to get antsy and, and she gets some stirrings in her, in, her, in her being and she runs off to be a prostitute again I'm going to tell you as a husband if my wife ran off to do that I'd probably be pretty angry I'd probably feel pretty justified in letting her stay God says uh uh-uh. uh and we see this repetition of over and over and over of gomer Returning to her sinful lifestyle and God telling her husband, go back and get her. It's the picture of the relationship that God has with us. Because we come to him for a while and then we return to our sin. We let our anger begin to control us. Our emotions become our master again. We begin to worship at a different altar and he has to come and get us and rescue us again. And over and over and over again, Hosea has to forgive, going. And it's not like she just ran off with of one man. She runs off with just whatever man to, has the money. To the point that she has two children that are not his. And we know that those children are not his because God gives them names, and each of those names refers to the fact that he is not their father. That Hosea is not their father. And yet, he still expects Hosea to bring a newcomer back over and over again. Now for a married man there is no worse way to offend or to anger me than for my wife to disregard our vows. Not only because she made them to me but because she made them in front of God. And I feel sure that if you ask her, she would tell you the same. So we would feel justified in being angry, but we see in this picture that God says, no, you still have to forgive. You still have to pursue that relationship. The Apostle Peter asked Jesus one day, Lord, but how many times must I forgive? Up to seven? Because in the Old Testament it says, you know, if they come to you seven times a day, then you have to forgive them. And Jesus says, not just seven. 70 times 7. He's not talking about 144 times. His answer means that we must forgive. We must forgive repeatedly and every time. Every. And so when we can live our life in a state of forgiveness because we have been forgiven, it doesn't take away the hurt. It doesn't take away feeling betrayed because I'm sure Hosea felt betrayed but it can take away the anger. I started off with the first part of this passage um, Ephesians 4 verses 26 through 32 says be angry and do not sin but I I didn't keep going it says do not let the sun go down on your anger so not only are you to forgive people but you're to do it quickly you're to do it give no opportunity to the devil that's the crux of it your anger invites the devil into your life it invites him into your home it invites him into every one of your relationships because Jesus has been supplanted as lord of your life by your emotions then you give leeway to the devil to become the lord of your life you serve one or the other Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ. So just like we received grace from Jesus instead of anger, we are to give grace. And if we hold on to that anger, then it leads to a life of unforgiveness. And if you don't forgive people, the word is clear that God won't forgive. That if you have something that keeps you angry between someone in your life and you wonder why your prayers aren't being heard, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength, And if I can focus my life towards that, it becomes very easy to give up my anger. doesn't mean we won't have episodes of it. But it does mean I didn't do such a good job yesterday. I let my emotions rule me for about ten minutes i'm not going to try and defend it again i was going to say but it's happening less frequently than it used to but that's still not it still says well i'm pretty good i'm not as bad as i used to be and that shouldn't be the goal of the life of not be as bad as i used to. and you can't do that anger will cause you to sin there is no doubt you know it's not in a passage in the bible but um Many of you know I am a sci-fi geek. But it's very poignant. There was a character in a movie that made this comment, and some of you will recognize it. It says, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. And while that's not in the Bible, those tenets are. Your anger can lead to someone else's suffering. But if you continue in your anger, it will eventually, you're only hurting yourself. You're only hurting your witness. You're only hurting your relationship. All right. For those of you that didn't know, that was Yoda. Yes, it was Star Wars. But it's funny that a Hollywood writer would come up with something that had some pretty biblical meaning. So try that whoever it was that that wrote anger, and for those of you who who battle with this, because we all do, you know, there was a point I missed, and it was that this, um, anger interferes with your worship because it places something else above God, you, it places you above God, and you begin to worship you instead of him. So it hinders your prayers and interferes with your worship and it ruins your work. So try this. I've said this before. When things make you angry, begin to turn your heart towards worship of the true God. Sing a worship song. You can't be mad and sing blessed be that. You can't be mad and sing Jesus loves me. You can try. But just the power in the name of Jesus alone. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us a way out of anger. We thank you, God, that you did not pour out your anger on us even though we deserved it. God, that you returned grace and mercy to us over and over and over again, and you continue to do so even as we live our day-to-day lives. God, help us to always keep you as our master instead of allowing our emotions to master us. Let us keep you in that place that when anger comes on us, we can turn to you and know that you have taught us to return evil for love, to give love when anger is expected, to give of ourselves to others. To shine your light in a dark world. And God, remind us that as your followers, as people who bear your name, who carry your banner, that we are a reflection, that we never know who we will have to be Jesus for on any given day. God, help us to meet anger with forgiveness and love. Help us to know you have promised to carry this burden for us and that if we'll just hand it to you, we can overcome. Father, let everything we say and do bring glory and honor to your name and let that statement ring in our ears and our hearts as we begin to feel anger well up inside of us. Let those questions come to mind. Let your Holy Spirit prick our conscience. But does this honor and glorify God? Help us to control our temper. In Jesus' name, amen.